This episode is in partnership with Roomvo. Roomvo is the number one room visualization tool used by manufacturers, retailers across the globe. To find out more information, visit get.roomvo.com. The problem, nothing happened, nothing went wrong. Um, got to the final, the pressure, the pressure of people watching, commenting, one minute too much, uh, and I completely went to pieces. Yeah, um, yeah you've got to build you enjoy. If you if you're not enjoying installing for all that rinse, move on to something else. If you're enjoying it, carry on for as long as you can. Dan, welcome to the podcast. First question, who's Dan Evans? Business owner, floor layer. Yeah, somebody who enjoys his job. Yeah, I think that's about it, really. <laughs> Where did it start, Dan? I think I read on the website it was in 07. Um, is that right? Um, yeah, whatever's on there, I'm sure is true. Um, <laughs> I started at 15, so I would have been going out with family members, um, helping out, tidying up, that's the summer holiday job, um, yeah. that type of thing. I wanted to be a carpenter, wanted to go to college, do me carpentry, yeah. uh, couldn't get into carpentry, it was full. So I've done a, a floor laying apprenticeship. The, the family's in floor laying, um, yeah, the floor running businesses. Um, so yeah, went along, helped out and loved it. I had no idea what the, the costings, what, what you could earn, um, the possibilities, just enjoyed the job. Yeah. Um, yeah, started from there, done a proper apprenticeship, um, started my apprenticeship and by doing all floor coverings. So I'd be going out with a range of different fitters who were yeah, teaching all sorts, picking up bits and pieces from everyone and taking what I wanted and, and building from there. Um, and that that's where it started really it was for the, the love of the job um, yeah. and not, not the money and when did you go fully solo so I was I think I was about 18 so too early really um, as soon as I could drive I was being sent out on out on jobs uh, at my own van and then eventually I could see something was, was happening with the business and with the company I was employed with I thought this, this isn't right, something's going on here. So I thought, I'm going to get myself out of there. And then eventually it dissolved and, and yeah, they, they went under and it no more. Okay. Um, and at that point, it was a, where do I go now? I'm not really fully trained. I've not yeah. got everything to be out on my own, but I took a risk, um, went, went self-employed and it, it just yeah got myself through it and yeah, it, it worked. And when you started out, what were you fitting predominantly? What what was your go-to thing back in the day? It would have been laminates, carpets, vinyls, um, your, your normal box standard bedroom carpets, stairs and landing carpets. And then at that time, it was laminate, laminate everywhere. Um, Cardines, just your, your, your normal night tile sort of basic ranges were around um, at that time. Yeah. Lots of bamboo borders, um, design strips, um, that that type of thing in, in the, the LVT side. Um, yeah. 
predominantly your, your normal standard carpet and vinyl fitting. Okay. Um, at that time, did you start subcontracting to other shops or did you go yeah. balls deep in there? So-, <laughs> so it was a, um, yeah, subcontract basis for some of your, your big, um, yeah, your big stores, small independents, um, sort of a, a range of different customer bases, um, customer types. Yeah. And sort of built my knowledge up, got into training courses, picking things up, and then made the decision that the business, my own business side was building up. Yeah. And then I took the plunge and just went went for it and um, made the decision to just solely focus on my own my own business and my own work. And so fast forward now, are you predominantly just doing everything for yourself, supply and fit? Yeah, so it's only my own business. Um, small bits and pieces for designers, uh, interior designers, um, bespoke sort of specialist works um, for some sort of high-end um, outlets, but predominantly it's my own supply fit and install um, the, the whole thing, basically. Okay. And the question I've been dying to ask, because... As far as I'm aware, you're probably one of the only people in the country that offer all of the services that we uh, speak about on this podcast. So I find guys that um, just do floor sanding and maybe a little bit of fitting, carpet lads doing a bit of LVT and carpet. But from what I understand, and you can obviously correct me, you cover the whole base from... Um, how on God's earth has that come about? And then we'll talk about how you've got there from there. So I made the decision in the last recession that if I was going to struggle getting just, say, carpet and vinyl work or just wood installations, that I would go on training courses and make sure I'm up to spec on every floor covering so Mm. that there's never a, a job that I could turn down if things were quiet so if yeah whatever came along it's something that i could install and, and do the work so i'd never be without work or try to to never be without work yeah. so i used it as a especially for sort of cap and coven safety flooring um commercial installations i thought if domestic side things go quiet i could always turn my hand to commercial yeah um, and, and, and vice versa so that i can always have that option of yeah, gaining work and not having to turn anything away. Yeah. When you go and see a client now, obviously asking the right questions, what's your advice to clients of what services you choose? Because I've found shop owners, let's say, if they're very much, I've got friends, clients um, that, let's say, are from an LVT background. They were a fitter. They've opened a shop. So their go-to product is LVT's the thing, and they're really uncomfortable talking about wood, but they've got wood in the shop. How so, do you do that? Yeah. So I deal with my customers. I don't have to sell a certain manufacturer, a certain type of product. So I ask them the right questions to gain what's going to be the best product for themselves. So if yeah, and then just scale it from there. Ask the right questions scale it down, see what's going to be the best fit for them, their lifestyle, that type of thing, and then put some options forward. I'm not trying to force one product over another um, because if, I mean, if I didn't fit wood, I would say, right, LVT is the best thing to use. Yeah, but exactly. it might not necessarily be the right product for that customer. 
No. So it's trying to ask the right questions. What's going to work with their lifestyles? Um, what they're after cost-wise as well. Yeah. Um, just see what works and then give them the options. Never force a sale or try and force something on them. Give your opinion of what's going to work for them um, and help them and obviously answer any questions they have and then let them make the decision on what they think is going to be best for them. Uh, if I've had a, if I had a pound for how many times I'd heard a carpet shop, let's say, and I'm not I'm not being hypocritical on carpet shops, but a carpet and LVT shop that's gone to someone and said, oh, you don't want wood in the kitchen. Why not? Like, well, you just can't have wood in a kitchen or any wood. Like, you know, so they've come to us and said, oh, we've been told we just can't have wood. Doesn't matter what brand, finish, anything, you just can't have wood. You know? Okay. And a lot of people will, a lot of shops will do that because they've not got the, the, the installation side or they've not got the products or manufacturers to sell. Um, so they'll still, obviously it's the way they do business. Yeah. have to because they're going to have to sell what they've got. Um, if they don't do it, they can't sell it. Um, no. And that's my main reason for doing as much as possible. And it's not as much as possible sort of being reasonably good at everything. It's trying to be the best at everything. So it's not yeah. like, oh, I'm all right carpet, but I'm not okay at this. I want to be good at everything. Yeah. And not just sort of dabble in something. I want to make sure that it's yeah, it's being done correct and it's the right way of doing things. And if you had a choice and I said, right, Dan, you've now got to just choose one product and you're not allowed to fit anything ever again. Yeah. What 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 would be your go to product that you know it it for me it changes um because Sometimes I'll be doing, like most people, herringbone, everything. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's LVT, wood, whatever, solid. It's, it's all herringbone. So at the moment, that's the, the, the popular thing. But you go off with it. Um, again, I love sanding and sealing. But if I was doing it all the time, I'd want to be doing something else. Um, yeah. I don't know, this week. <laughs> Good change. What have you got fitted to your house? Uh, LVT. LVT. So whole whole ground floor, whole everywhere is um, is vinyl tile, and that's yeah. Two kids, easy to keep clean. Um, yeah, it works for a, a small family. Yeah, uh, and that's that's why we've got that. If I had my choice, <laughs> I would have I would have a nice yeah parquet wood solid. Um, Borders, herringbone. I would have thought that'd be my, but it, in this sort of environment, the family probably wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why, yeah, that's why we've gone for LVC. But so then you can't you, anywhere else. So once you build the dream house and you kick the kids out, you can have <laughs> <laughs> the dream floor. Yeah. Um, so you've obviously trained massively um, and put time and your your own dedication to training yeah. why have you done so much training uh, and what have you got from it um i mean i've probably done so much just because i love the job i enjoy i enjoy the job have i gained the money back from all of the investment of, of getting all the tools getting all the, yeah probably i have yeah um it's just, it, yeah, I want to be, if I'm doing a job for 
30, 40 years, I want to be doing it and enjoying the job. Yeah. Um, I want to be the, the best that I can be. I'm not saying that I'm the best or there's not better people out there or anything along those lines, but I'll, for my own personal sort of self, I want to be doing the best I can yeah. uh, and enjoy the job. You must have the best selection of tools in the UK because <laughs> you you need like completely. Like, if you're going out carpet fitting, you're going to need something different to if you go and sand in the floor. So that's the only uh, I'd say the negative is the storage for machines, tools, having the van. Obviously, it's, the tools are changing daily on the van. It's all coming off. It's going back on again. Yeah, um, there's so many things from sort of floor grinding to Separation work, dust extraction, and then obviously you yeah, get floor sanding machines. As you know, it's a, a massive investment um, for for machines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is there's a lot of uh, lot of things needed to do that. Um, but it all, yeah. yeah, it works. The business, yeah, it all works in the business. So. So do you just currently work on your own? Have you got a guy that works for you? How how? Yeah. Uh, so sometimes use subcontractors. Um, the issue I have is I like to be in control of everything. Yeah. Um, I've got my own standards. Um, I, I like things to be done my way. Not, as it doesn't sound right, really, but I'm not sort of over the top. I accept that people do things different ways, but yeah. I like to be in control of, of the selling. There's no miscommunications in things. Um, the, the job is done how it's meant to be done, um, yeah. and the customer's happy with it at the end of the day. Um, I don't like giving that away to somebody to who maybe doesn't care as much as I do about things um, yeah. and willing to, to cut corners. I understand for a business, it's not great business sense, but it is for my business. So for, for, for me and my business, it works well. Um, yeah. But again, it's not going to, it's not a, the right sort of business spec for everybody. Yeah. Uh, but it works for it works for me and works for what I do. So, quite a difficult question, I imagine, because you've done so many different things. Is there any jobs that have stood out to you that are like your most favourite job you've ever done? Sort of really nice pieces of work that, yeah, completely completely varied. Um, so, yeah, it could be a nice yeah bespoke stair runner, um, or it could be. Yeah, sanding back a couple of hundred year old floor, I still get the same sort of buzz from either of those type of things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's there's loads that I'm that I'm happy with, but there's a lot of jobs that I'm not happy with. That I think you can always find something that you're not completely a hundred percent happy with. But yeah. I think that just adds to trying to get things right and and sort of perfecting things. Um, yeah, I think there's always things you think, oh, I could have done that better. We'll change this next time um, and learn from that and, yeah, hopefully do it better the next time. So with with that in mind, can you think of anything you definitely wouldn't do again or an absolute bollocks up that you've really wished that you didn't make a decision, even in the early days? Yeah, starting flooring. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, there's, yeah, there's never been a a massive, massive issue that can't be sorted out or can't be rectified. And if there ever was, yeah, you learn from it, stick your hand in your pocket, make it right, get it done so it's, it's correct and, and move on from it and learn from it. Um, yeah. You're never going to do everything. 
100% correctly. You're always going to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, it's just how you deal with it and obviously move forward and learn from it for the next time. Yeah. And then tell me about the um, Carpet Fitter of the Year competition. Um, why did you enter in the first place? And then how did you manage to win it this year? Um, first, first of all, I mean, the first time I entered it, I wanted to see where I was at um, in terms of standards and whether or not I'd be able to do it. I mean, I was quite young the first time I entered. I think I was probably 28, 29 yeah. um, when, I first, when I first entered it. Um, and I wanted to see where I was at. I thought I was, uh, I, was um, I was an okay floor layer, okay yeah. cut fitter, um, and I wanted to see how I fared against against everyone else. Um, yeah, obviously went through all the yeah all the stages, got got to the, the final, and I wanted it too much. So I the final semi finals, absolutely, I felt like. The nerves weren't a problem. Nothing happened. Nothing went wrong. Um, got to the final. The pressure, the pressure of people watching, commenting, wanting it too much, uh, and I completely went to pieces. Um, yeah. So wow. made made stupid, silly mistakes. Things you'd never even nothing major, but just yeah. it's it's the way you go about things. You know, I could I know. I could, a thousand times better than than what I produced, um, and then just over the years, learned on my mistakes, got more confident, and, and adapted the way that I worked um, to obviously get to this year to, to to win it. So, how many have you entered to get to win it? How many times have you sort of not took the trophy? That was my fourth fourth time. Um, so yeah, I've been in the finals three three times before, and that was me. My fourth time was was me, yeah, me winning time. Brilliant, uh, brilliant. So but, you know, with COVID and the changes and things being postponed, obviously it, it took a bit longer than, uh, than than I'd have liked. Why do you think, as an industry, we've only got, as far as I'm aware, like a carpet fitting? Is it competition or is it? Well, it probably is, but you know, why have we not got it for? Um, wood, you know, sanding or, or you know, floor fitter of the year or what, what, why do you think it's just on the carpet, Brian? Oh, I think it's sponsorship and, and the, the amount it costs to run a competition. So I don't think that there's, yeah, the, the, the sponsorship there from all or other type of manufacturers um, to, to, to put their hand in their pocket to sponsor it, to produce a competition in all floor coverings or just in certain things. Obviously you've got LVT and you've got carpet, which is which changes year to year now. Yeah. Uh, obviously LVT is massive um, in the flooring industry at the moment. Um, so you've got the, the sponsorship, you've got the manufacturers who want their products shown and that they, they want to put the money forward. Yeah. Whereas yeah, safety flooring, um, wood sanding and finishing have they got the money there to put it into a competition and can, have they got the judges to be even be able to judge the difference between a, a, a good and a bad installation yeah uh, yeah carpet is is judged by people who've been in it years and years and the the, the knowledge is there um 
Yeah, it's, 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 it's there people in this country with the knowledge for all floor covering types to be able to, to I don't know. Yeah, I think you'd have to have a judge for each second, or well, certainly a couple of judges that have got different opinions. I suppose yeah. it's like, you know, boxing yeah. or any sport, like they'd have a different judge. Keeping it fair as well. I mean, how many, <laughs> um, yeah, how many people are friendly with with manufacturers and would it, it's got to be kept completely fair and, yeah, legit, because otherwise it's got no meaning. So you can't just run a competition and only have whoever down the road enter and win it because it's got no meaning then. So it's got to be fair, legit, and, and sort of mean something. So it needs to be UK-wide funding as such then completely, you know, because if you have a main sponsor, then suddenly that, you know, they might have the biggest display or might be yeah. a bit, <laughs> bit of leg rubbing or whatever, but no. But yeah. um, putting the competitions to one side... What do you think is the biggest challenge we all face at the moment or going into 2023? Um, biggest challenge, I think, would be keeping standards high and customers willing to pay more to have the job done correctly. Um, yeah. I think, obviously, if, yeah, if things are getting tight, um, sort of end of this year, next year, people are going to be struggling for money. Are they going to be putting off the work? Are they looking for just the cheapest job possible? Um, or are they looking to, to save the money and then spend it and get it done right? Will that have an effect on on, on work? Um, I'm not sure. I think that they're the, they're the challenges for, um, yeah, for, the, for the coming year. And how do you, when you go out and see clients, What's your tactics to, I mean, you know, most of us, like all of us, we'd have recommendation, uh, referrals, so people are coming to you that have used you before, et cetera, but someone that doesn't know you, um, do you think the qualifications count or do you just think it's how you show up as an individual? What would you advise someone else if they were just setting up in business? I think it's a, it's a mixture of all sorts. Um, there's no point being the most qualified person to do the job if you turn up and you've got no no people skills they, people people buy into people um, i'm a strong believer of that but it's you, you get certain customers that go different shops whatever but it all comes down to presentation um first impressions and sort of trying to be on a level with them and not trying to force force things upon them um giving them honest advice and then building building from there yeah um, what I would say is if, if, um, if I was starting from scratch again, I wish I'd got into the training from the, the very start point so that you don't get into bad habits um, from a start. If you learn the right way when you first get into it, it's, again, running the business, the business advice, that type of thing, is um, getting as much advice as you possibly can. And, and yeah, building on that so you don't make mistakes. And not freestyling it. That's you know, that's unfortunately a lot of us end up in a van and freestyling it. But yeah, if, I mean, obviously, it's the way. Yeah, a lot of people, yeah, build the businesses and work that way. But now I know what I know. If I was to try and help somebody else, that that be the advice I would give them would be start training, get your get your knowledge there 
and it's all going to help. You're not going to be having costly mistakes, um, soft law prep, that type of thing, um, at, at a minimum. Yeah. You're not going to be taking risks on jobs. Um, there's no there's no need. The customer is going to affect your reputation if you start making mistakes early on in your business. It's going to cost you money, reputation. If you know exactly what you're doing, nothing things aren't going to go wrong. So it's you're keeping a customer happy. Um, and obviously you're earning money and getting paid. I think that's exactly right, where if you can give people the, the right advice, um, you show up on time, show up like you haven't just got out of bed. Um, you know, um, I have this argument all the time. There's guys in vans all over the country working 60, 60 80 hours a week, absolutely like grinding to the bone. And I'm like, you know, it's like inverted commas, it's okay for me because I work in an office, but take half a day out a week um, to spend on your business. And then when you go and measure a job, you show up as a better person. You can be like, I won't say a mediocre fitter, but at least if you show up with the right mindset and yeah. you listen and you want to do a really good job. You know, you've ever, I think as, uh, you know, um, Paddy said on one of the other podcasts, you know, everyone was shit once. Um <laughs> But but there's no good if you've been in it for years and years and then you turn up shit after 15 years. You know, that's just complete. That's completely. And that's not being a shit fitter. That's just being, being shit as such. Like, well, yeah, I turned up at 7.30. I was 15 minutes late. I've got glue halfway around my chin. Um, I forgot my pen and paper. It's like they could be the best fitter in the country, but, you know. Keep- first impressions already ruined it from, yeah, from that. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's, 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 you don't have to be the best salesperson. You don't have to be the best installer. Um, it's just a mixture of all those things which are going to help win you the work and, and get the jobs. Um, you can't just put all of your, your expenses and your money into just one part of your business. So you can't just invest it all in learning and, and, and installations because you might be running your business completely wrong. Um, yeah. it's about taking small parts from all sections and building it from from there. Um, yeah, and, yeah, trying to try and invest in yourself and build your business from that. Yeah, I think you're hitting the nail on the head um, earlier. Where it, it, you, no one in the flooring industry, within reason, needs to be a sales salesman or a woman. You just need to be really good at asking questions. So yeah. it's like I had a client the other day. It's just like I'm not a businessman. Uh, you know, I, I I lost all my confidence when I went in the mesh and I'm like, you're not there to sell them anything. You're there to ask them questions. You're just there, you know, who lives in the house? What's under the carpet right now? What colour expectations have you got? How long are you going to stay in the house? Just all questions to give you a very clear and indicative idea of what 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 might be. Once you've got all them questions questions answered, as a flooring professional, you can then say, well, actually, from everything you've told me, this is what will work for you, you know, um, and then ask them the question, you know, is that what you wanted? And if they're like, no, that's not what I wanted. Well, you haven't asked them the right questions. So, you know, you shouldn't be going in telling them anything. You know, you, you can tell them once you've built up the right idea, but 100% agree with that. I love that, Dan. It's class. So now you've um, won Carpet Fit of the Year. You've, by, by, by the way I look at it, you've mastered now 99% of all flooring trades. Yeah. What what the hell is next? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, obviously picking up things from yourself on the course. Um, there's big areas I need to work on in the business. Um, it's stagnant. It's stagnant at the moment. Um, obviously, I've got. If you know, like, if you take back your five year plan, five yeah. years ago, it would have been winning Carbon Fit of the Year, having a success, successful business. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've, I've reached my goals in, in what I wanted. So now I need to look at the, the next step and decide what I want to do from there. So at the moment, I don't know what's next. We'll see see what happens and, and take from there. I, what I do know is I'll be out there every day installing floor coverings. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask. Do you, do you think, you know, five years, do you, do you want to still be out fitting or doing the tills or do you think we'll see you come off the tools and do something slightly different um i'd like to still be on the tools um i think i've got quite a few years <laughs> still being able to be out on the tools um it's where it, it, yeah it's what i love um what i love doing installing floor coverings um i see what i see is different floor layers it all seems to be they can't wait to, to get off their knees. They can't wait to retire. Or I mean, yeah, I'd like to, to keep going for as long as I possibly can. Um, yeah. There's no there's no plans for, for yeah not installing floor coverings or having anything to do with flooring anytime soon. No, uh, no. I think uh, we've got. To... This is the way I go forward. Really, is yeah, decide what's going to be best. We we only seem to get all or nothing. We've got clients that are like. I want to be off the tools in 18 months. Categorically, I'm off the tools. And then we've got other guys that want to build the business and categorically, they don't want to get off the tools. So like, there is no way in the next five years, I'm coming off the tools. Like, and yeah, it's, it's mental. I mean, I was one of the the latter that I was like, you know, I, you know, I kept dipping in and out, but I was, my focus was I'm coming off the tools. I want to run the business. Um, and yeah. And then, Stupidly, very occasionally, kept coming back out and back in and back out, and but uh, you've got to do, you, I, I, yeah, you've got to do what you enjoy. If you if you're not enjoying installing floor coverings, move on to something else. If you're enjoying it, carry on for as long as you can. Um, My biggest challenge when I was out fitting was if I could lock myself in a room with no phone, no interruptions, and a radio. I enjoyed the floor coverings. What I didn't enjoy was getting in the van on a lunchtime and then having nine emails, 64 missed calls, this, that, and the other. And then I would, it would rejig my mindset back to like, and then deal with that. And then I'd be ruined for the afternoon because I had all this stuff on my mind. But if I could, you know, have someone to deal with it, but it just never really worked like that. So I just, not do two things at once, just... I could never focus a hundred percent on the job, and that's why I came off the tools because it was just there was that. I mean, fair enough. We we had probably at the time four teams, so there was always a phone call doing other stuff. But it just killed me. It absolutely ruined me. Just enjoying something, and then someone else, in theory, spoiling it. You know, probably me not being able to do multiple things. But that's what it was. Um, and and then I learned the hard way when I laid. I think a hundred and. 100 metres in lockdown and um, was the first time I'd been back on the tills, maybe, I don't know, maybe four or five years. And clever dick me was like, well, it's only 100 metres. And like, you know, everyone's like locked up in lockdown. So I'll just lock myself in a room and go and fit this. And then I realised I had lost my skill set to a point and I had to get corrected a few times and basically ended up labouring for for, 
for the for the main fitter. Um, but uh, yeah, that was an op- uh, an eye opening thing. But by the end of the week, I'd got it back. But yeah, it was really interesting how the your skill set from running the business behind a desk to actually being out on the tools deteriorates relatively quickly. Yeah, so and things change. Things change so quickly as well in this trade. It's not installation methods and all sorts. Yeah, the materials, the way that they're installed, it changes so quickly. And you've got to be, you've got to be paying attention to every every new product, every decent. There's so much, so involved that. Yeah, I feel like if I did take time out and try and get back into it, there's, there's a lot to catch up on. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, more so if you're doing all sorts, um, yeah, all, all floor coverings. Um, no, that's I feel it. Like that, yeah. that helps as well it, because it is different every week or every day. Um, you're not just, oh, I've got so much carpet to do today, all week, the next six weeks. So you could be doing carpet this week, next week I'll be sanding the floor. It, it, it breaks it up. Um, and you, 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 you're focused on, yeah, doing something else. So you're not just doing the same thing day in, day out. Um, and I think that helps um, keep you motivated as well. I think the only probably downfall as well as the, the tools, you know, if you've got like a bag of underlay left or six packs of wood, or well, not six packs, but, you know, maybe like two packs of wood left over, you're going to end up with this this massive myriad of like, tubs of lacquer and remember that that stain we bought in and the woman changed her mind and then like you know a doormat that didn't fit and i found that when we deviated to laminate and sanding and things like that we'd end up with like sections of the warehouse of full of bits you know i'll use it on the next job <laughs> i mean that, yeah that's that's why my warehouse is, is up to there with all sorts of <laughs> different bits and pieces and yeah obviously yeah lacquers oils and, and what have you and yeah different types of underlays um, so yeah, it's not necessarily easy to, to no. do everything, but yeah, if it does go quiet, yeah. whenever um, you've got the option of changing what you're doing and, and installing something else. Oh, that's class. So what we're going to do is we'll do the uh, the infamous quick fire round, which is more about you than the the uh, the business. Um, so five guys or dominoes, and why? Are you not one of these people that are privileged that can get it um, delivered? Like, I think no, we're... Not, not out of fence, I can't, no. <laughs> uh, no, it's, yeah, we had someone on um, from Manchester, and he's like, well, we can get it delivered here. And I'm like, oh, that that changes the game. Uh, right, changes... Yeah, no, not, not around here, can't. <laughs> so, sunbathing or skiing? Skiing or snowboarding, definitely. Yeah. And what is your go-to drink, alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Uh, alcoholic. Uh, what would yeah, it be? Craft beers at the moment, pale ales, all that type of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm in, into all that at the moment. Yeah. I got um, another podcast guest, uh, Rob from Inner Space Floor, and I went for a cup of coffee in Birmingham with him, and he had company-branded um, craft beer, and it was beautiful. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah. so that that was the game change for me. Um if you won 10 million on the lottery tonight, what were the first five things you would buy? Uh, new van. Um, yeah, new, new tools. <laughs> <laughs> more? Yeah, yeah, more. Um, if, yeah, if it happened, um, 
yeah, I'd still go to work tomorrow. Um, I, yeah, I wouldn't let any customers down. Um, and I'd still do what I can to keep me, yeah, keep myself in the trade and, and carry on installing floors. Um, I definitely won't be one of these that sacks it all off and yeah, sits in sits at home or sits on the beach somewhere. Um, I'll still be out there installing floors. My wife might have other ideas, but um, that's what I'd be doing. <laughs> might just take a slightly longer weekend and be a bit more select better floors or, or even whatever um are you into cars what would be the dream car apart from the new van no no not cars not anymore uh it's vans um a lot of me not me van um it's got to be a vw transporter yeah yeah we've we've just bought one of them uh, however it's just been bumped today which was great um so <laughs> we had a lovely black shiny transporter and yes we now have a scratch transporter so <laughs> that was how my day went um and lastly uh mash roasties or chips and why oh uh <laughs> roasts i think um yeah my wife's my wife's roasts definitely brilliant and where can the listeners find you dan um what social platforms are you on oh most of them um instagram I mean, I'm on most of them. Majority is is I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm not a massive fan of the business on Facebook. No. Um, LinkedIn, all the the, the yeah the time. I mean, I'm even trying TikTok. That's only because my daughter is uh, is of that age, and she said, "Yeah, that's where you need to be um, doing your things and whatever you on TikTok." It's not my not my cup of tea, but um, she's made me do some videos for that, and she um, yeah she sorts all that out. Definitely, um, definitely the way things are going, um, videos. And so it's, uh, um, you can basically do your videos on TikTok, then upload them. I don't know what the exact technical behind it, but upload to Instagram as long as it's uploaded right. And you, you definitely get better pull. But yeah, um, TikTok is getting more commercialized. Um, yeah, it's not my, uh, not, not my cup of tea, really, that one. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, Instagram, yeah, like, I like that. Um, but a lot of them, yeah, different clientele for different platforms. Um, it's quite hard to keep on top of all of the, the, the social medias, the messaging types, and the way that the customers message you or contact you. Yeah. Uh, it's completely, completely varied. Um, so you've really got to be keeping an eye on all these yeah, messaging platforms and that type of things because, yeah, you will get leads from them. Um, obviously we're on the right type of lead um, yeah I'm sure but yeah you've got to really be concentrating on all, all these messaging types yeah no I think it's um, again I think we discussed it on the course so Facebook and Instagram are very very different clientele and I still I would love to know why because most people have got a Facebook account some people have got Instagram accounts but I just don't know why the higher level jobs don't seem to be hiding on Facebook but I don't know if we'll ever know but it's uh it could be even hiding on TikTok, but no. Anyway, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Dan. Uh, it's been great to have you on. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is cockerellandco, and also we are on Facebook. Once again, Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we look forward 
to see you here again soon.